we've got a great show for you today. On the program, we have J.C. Dupree, author of Liking Myself Back, an influencer's journey from self-doubt to self-acceptance, which comes out June 7th. J.C. is an entrepreneur and lifestyle influencer who has millions of followers and a thriving lifestyle brand you may have heard of, Damsel and Dior. But while her Instagram may be perfectly curated, the pressure to be perfect as one of the top fashion influencers in the world eventually took its toll. In the book, J.C. shares so many powerful lessons about personal growth and self-made success and her journey to self-acceptance. I was so impressed by how candid and raw and real this memoir was. She really goes there and I found her so relatable and someone I could talk to for hours. Her bottom line, that conquering self-doubt and embracing your imperfect authentic self is not only possible, but is the true key to happiness. Yes, yes, and yes to that. Also, full disclosure, when JC and I spoke, I was having some pretty serious technical issues with my internet, which I tried to edit out to the best of my limited ability, but they might pop up a time or two. Please don't let that distract you from the beauty of this conversation. Take a listen. JC, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You know, I told you when you signed on just a minute ago that the there's a power imbalance here because I know everything about you from this real and raw and candid memoir and you don't know a thing about me. So I, but we are meant to be friends. This I know for sure. And the book is so great. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. That means the world, especially since, you know, as of we're recording this at the moment, it's not out yet. So I appreciate any sort of feedback I can get. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to actually read it. That means so much to me. Oh yeah. Well, I read every word and I want to first dig into the title, which of course is liking myself back an influencer's journey from self-doubt to self-acceptance. So that's one of the best titles I've heard in a long time. And it's hard to believe that you ever had, yes, you're welcome. It's hard to believe you ever had self-doubt or insecurities as confident as you have always appeared, but being an influencer opens the door for enormous criticism as I know you know well. So how did being an influencer take a toll on your mental health? Oh my gosh. I think the real question is how did it not? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, honestly, you know, when I started doing this, it was 10 years ago. And when I started, I don't, I'm not going to say that I just kind of like fell into this job because I didn't, I worked very hard for it, but I did kind of fall into this notion and this idea of posting, you know, everything about your life online. Because when I started, it was like, just post a little bit, but then it was a little bit more and then it was a bit more. And that expectation, you know, was never really set from the get-go because this industry didn't really exist. So I think I just kind of like fell into this slippery slope and without even realizing it, um, you know, I was just so wrapped up in, in, in posting every day. And then I got wrapped up in the comments and then the likes and then the, not the likes and then the trolls and all that stuff. It just behind the scenes, it just started to really take its toll after doing this for so many years. Yeah. And I am a new editor at Marie Claire. And so all of my stories end up on our Facebook and on our Twitter and 
I get, and I know you do too, because I read the book, get so lost in the comments. It will ruin my day if yeah. I a negative comment. Um, and and that's and that's not healthy, as you know. And 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 nobody, I mean, when people read articles on Marie Claire, they don't really care who the writer is. I wish they did, but they they really don't. But when you're an influencer, they really care who you are. And so your comments must have been so much more personal and just hurtful. And I don't know how you could do the work that you do. I, I am strengthening my resolve and I don't get half and not even a quarter as much as an influencer would. And, you know, I, I want to take it back for a moment to your childhood. So you are the daughter of an alcoholic father, as am I, one of our many commonalities and being an ACA or an adult child of an alcoholic has its own unique set of challenges. It's, it's something that I've been working through over the years in therapy really intentionally. And your childhood trauma, much like mine, led you to believe that you had to work harder than anyone else to be perfect in order to be loved, that you always had to prove that you were worthy. I'm the exact same way. I'm telling you, we have so much in common. So I'm wondering, did the influencer culture help or hurt that childhood trauma. Like I'm sure the likes that you got and the positive comments were affirmation and that must have felt great. But you write in the book, when I failed to gain their approval, it felt like an attack. And so I'd love for you to tell us about how your childhood shaped you and how your work as an influencer exacerbated that childhood trauma, that need for approval and belonging. I know that's a huge question. So just break that down for us. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, you know, at the time when I started my, my blog and then shortly after that, I started my Instagram account, I did not have any of the tools that I have now, you know, as an adult, I, I'm again, doing this 10 years in, I, I just was kind of, I just found something that I really liked to do. I actually loved it so much. I loved the feedback. I even at one point liked the negative feedback. And I think that is just a testament to how codependent I was on those behaviors, like the behavioral patterns and the characteristics that you're speaking of as an ACA. It's, you know, you're very much like wrapped up in the opinion of others and, and seeking that approval is, it feels so important um, because you're not getting the approval of your parent, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you're like, you're just seeking that validation, honestly, from anywhere and everywhere you could get it. And I didn't really like realize I was doing that, you know, at the time, um, yeah. like seeking this uh, approval, even if it was constructive or even if it was accurate or even if it was whatever it was, it just was some sort of attention really at the end of the day and some sort of validation. Um, and so it took me many, many years and honestly going up for me and, you know, online, and in with these people that I'd never met before and their opinions of me, but it was also showing up for me in my personal, when things got too comfortable, um, in my relationship with Grant, I, you know, when, when things started to feel like very mundane and very boring, I started to freak out because I was like, this isn't, this is not comfortable for me. I need like chaos. I need fighting. I need alcoholism. I need like, a, you know, somebody to be codependent on, yes. um, because I was so used to that. So it took me a very, very long time to get the, the help I needed. And in this, honestly, this is even after my dad quit drinking, my dad is now 15 years sober and I still struggle with some of those, you know, behavioral characteristics, even to this day. Um, and I think honestly, you had asked earlier, like how I handle the criticism now, now I know, um, kind of how to cope, I guess you can say like 
you know, now I'm just healed and it's all gone. Um, and it's honestly, it's just with practice. It's just with, with practice every single day. You know, I, I didn't just know how to handle, you know, this, this criticism right off the bat in the days that it really did feel like that, that quote in the book where it felt like, you know, just like a slap on the wrist. It, it, it hurts to my core. It was just because I didn't have the tools and I didn't know kind of how to breathe through that moment and, and not attach to it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And so at yeah. the time, it just felt like that was my whole world. Yeah. And this book, I mean, really just channels your journey to self-acceptance, to getting healthier. Um, Grant, by the way, is your husband and you talk about him extensively in the book. And my dad is sober as well. So yay for oh, our dads. There's oh, always hope. Oh, good. And, uh, my dad has been sober for, oh my gosh, uh, what what year is this? Six years? Uh, since oh, 2016. Wonderful. So, yeah. So I'm so proud of him and I'm so proud of your dad. And I think that shows that there's, there's hope everywhere. And, um, and not just for, not just for alcoholics, but also for those that love them and who have learned unhealthy behaviors. I'm the same way. I struggle with codependency. I struggle deeply with the opinions of others and, um, and that, and using that as validation and really learning internal validation and how that, that can sustain me, not external validation. And just, we just have so much in common. And I I just, I really was reading this and I felt seen and that's so important when you're, when you're reading a memoir is, you know, to, to feel seen and, and relatable to the person you're reading about. And I did throughout the whole book and you grew up as a Texas farm girl. I love that. I, I lived for two years in San Antonio, so I, that's not quite that you're from, but still Texas, all, all the same. And you went from there to for Oprah to working at E to launching your blog, Damsel and Dior at the height of the blogging boom. So I became a blogger in 2019. That was long after blogging had reached its juggernaut. So I would love to know what was it like being a blogger at the height of the movement? Oh my gosh. It was so fun. It was really fun. And in the beginning, um, you know, everyone told me I was late. They're like, the blogging bubble's going to burst. You're too late. And this was, oh my gosh, 2006, five. It, well, yeah, it's wild because it was like anything goes. Like a, a brand would reach out to you and be like, hey, this face cream. And like, here it is. I just remember, like, I just wanted to be anywhere but where I was, but I couldn't figure out where that was either. Like, it's just like nowhere was, I couldn't escape to anywhere, you know? And I could have, like, I could have easily gone on a plane at that point, gone literally anywhere in the world. I was very fortunate during that time. I could make that happen for myself, but I just couldn't, I just didn't want to. I was just so like, just angry at the world and mad at myself and mad at anyone and everybody and just wanted to scream. Um, And so for me, that was kind of my, like, what is going on? You know, I'm, I'm making a great, um, I have like the, I have a great company going on. I have a great career. I've got money. I'm making good money. I've got my marriage, my husband, here he is like, now what, you know, like, I just didn't know what was wrong with me. And my dad was sober. You know, I had no one to like be mad at, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Um, and everywhere you go, there yeah. you are, you know, it's like that saying, um, you just can't run away from yourself. And, and everywhere I would try to, I just kept running into her. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And well, and, and that's so true because when you have, this happens to so many of us, when we have nothing left to strive for really, I mean, we're living our dream personally and professionally, then suddenly all of a sudden we're, we're stuck, we're stuck with ourselves because we've been so busy chasing, mm-hmm. in case, you know, a marriage or, or, you know, eventually children or this successful career, you've got all those things. And now it's like, oh, here you are. And you still have, and I'm, I'm there too. I mean, I, you know, so many of my dreams have come true. So many of the things I've been striving for have come true. And it's really forced me to look in the mirror and say, okay, so if you still feel discontent, it's not because your dreams haven't come true. It's because there's something inside of me that needs to be worked on. And so, and you did that work and, you know, your work required you to live in this facade of perfection in what you call a highly competitive and authentic world. You, again, we talked about this a minute ago, right? About getting stuck in the comments. Like I said, I do the same. Um, How did you begin your journey to self-acceptance and embracing your imperfections? I I mean, I think I, I think I started my journey. I like, I, I, wanted it right a very 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 long time ago I wanted to feel this way that's why I was kind of chasing all these I don't want to say silly but I was chasing all of these things that I thought would make me feel that way right so I think the the seed was planted very early I was always journaling and reading self-help books and going to the Al-Anon meetings and going to the therapy with my dad and like I was like kind of one foot in one foot out like trying um but it did, I just, I wouldn't say that I was like awake to like my new way of living until Grant and I split up honestly, because Grant is, he's an amazing human. I, he's my partner. He's my best friend. I love Grant. And when we were apart, I just was like, what do I want? What do I want? And I, I just kind of got really still and very, very quiet. I was journaling every single day. I was walking and running and being out in nature. I was not like on my phone and wrapped up in my work. And I just got really, really, really still that I, that I would come to a dead end because I had, I had just come to another dead end and everything seemed so perfect, but it just wasn't, you know? So I was like, there's, there's not going to be, there's, this is going to be what it feels like no matter which road I walk down. So let's get really clear and, and figure out what we're going to do here. So, I mean, to really like break it down, I, I journaled, I did therapy, a lot of therapy, um, and I just, Grant and I both did therapy as well. Um, I'm still doing therapy. I mean, I'm still doing yoga, um, five days a week, <laughs> you know, yeah. and for me, I think honestly, yoga, like yoga has like seriously changed my life. I used to hate yoga and now it's, that is my drug. Like it is my everything. It, it just teaches me that there's, there's literally no, there's no moment that I stuck or when I am feeling painful or frustrated or whatever it is. Like if I can just breathe through one of those moments, like I can breathe through any of those moments. And for me, that's what it was. I would just be like, I would just start to get like, like the stirring and I would feel moments of rage and like, I want to punch the wall. And then I would just go to New York and leave Grant because screw him or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But once I was kind of able to just sit with it and breathe through it, it's simple. It sounds so simple, but it's, it's definitely not. It's one of the hardest things in life, I think, is to sit and just breathe. <laughs> yeah, I struggle with because um, I'm very yeah, bad I don't, sitting still. Yeah, sitting, honestly, just like meditative practice at the end of the day um, is what saved me. I mean, I, I wish that I could have just taken a pill and it all just gone away and life would be easy, but 
It's not like that. And life right now and what that looks like for me is not this like picture perfect. We're riding, you know, high on cloud nine, but it's also not rock bottom either. Like for me, the consistency and the mundane and the like the boring, and I say that with like bunny ears, <laughs> is the happiest I've ever been in my life, you know, because it's consistent and it's steady. It's not this like yin yang up and down, high and low. It's just a slow and steady. And for me, slow and steady has always won the race. Um, so I'm just trying to like stay in this like this zone of like namaste. <laughs> no, and I feel that so Breathing. deeply. What yeah. I what I crave most in my relationships is consistency because I lacked so much of that as a child, right? And I think many APAs would say that. And, and, you know, going back to something you said earlier, sometimes consistency and healthy relationships and the right thing can feel kind of wrong because that's not what we're raised with. And so I know I I hear you say that. I'm like, really? You want want that? I'm like, I did not want that at all. That's why I waited to have a, a child you can probably hear banging on the piano in the background I apologize I waited so long because yeah for me I was like no 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 no. I don't like I don't like consistently the consistency that terrified me I think yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely and you write in the book that real transformation has to come from inside so I'm learning right now I think I talked about this a minute ago that I can't base my life on external affirmations I have to be able to internally affirm myself because I know that you are so similar to me based off of reading your book. I know self-acceptance really was a journey for you. It didn't happen overnight. It was hard fought. It's a journey I'm on myself. So I have to ask you going back to the title of the book today, do you like yourself back? I do. I do. I love that. (laughs) And you fought like hell. I think that's awesome. I did. Know what it is? I, I went through it, you know, instead of going around it or avoiding it or kind of just bouncing off the top of it, I really just went through it and I felt it all. And it, as hard as it was at times to go back into past memories and relive some traumas and, and even just deal with present day, like my body changing postpartum and all of the stuff that you read about. Um, I sat in that closet and I cried like a little baby and I threw the pity parties and I did it all and, you know, yeah. I wallowed and I just went through it. I just felt it because it was really the only way to get to this place. And here you are. And it's a beautiful place. And I think anyone on the journey to self-acceptance, which is everyone needs to read this book because you really show us the way. And, and it's, it's really great for me. I'm on the path myself not fully there, but I'm getting there. And it was just, it came at just the right time for me. And it was what I needed to read. And so thank you. And, you know, my last question for you is what do you hope readers get out of this book? Honestly, like you were saying earlier, um, you know, how you, you read the, the bits and pieces about being a child of an alcoholic and it, it made you feel heard and seen and less alone. And, I almost started crying when you said that, because that is really, that's all I want. And and for me, there's so many pillars and categories book, but as someone that has lived through being a child of an alcoholic, like when I first decided to write a book, that was like my key. I was like, I want to write it for that girl or for that, that child, that, that guy, whoever, 
um, because I just feel like there's not a lot out there, you know? Um, and I do think that at the end of the day, and I, I also want to put a button on the whole title and do I like myself now? And me, me being like, I do like myself. It is still a daily, you know, a daily practice. And there's days that are yeah. harder than others. And, you know, three or four days ago, I threw another pity party in <laughs> and I'm on my couch to grant to like, what is wrong with me? You know? I don't just love myself every single day. That's not realistic either, but the book really is about that practice and about that, um, you know, that journey for me. And, and my hope is that, you know, if anyone chooses to read it first, first and foremost, that's just so flattering to begin with that people are taking the time to read my story, but it's not really about me. You know, I want it to be about them. Um, and, and hope, hopefully just peel back those layers of, all of the filters that we've all been given, you know, um, forcefully and, and just kind of get raw and, and still and honest about some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, you know, cause we're all just human. So, right. um, so yeah, th- thank you for saying that earlier. Like I was literally choking up. It just means so much to me. I know, I'm just so happy so- that you were able to get that from it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. And you know, this book is it just has so many layers. You've got the, you know, the glitz and the glamour of you running damsel and Dior. You're traveling the world. You're going to fashion shows. You're an influencer. That is an interest. It's an interesting behind the scenes look at that culture. But then, you know, deeper than then we go deeper than that, and then we go into like the real stuff. And and that is is uh, both sides are so compelling, and it's all in one book. And you know, we have so much in common. Again, I thank you for going there in this book and telling your story so candidly and openly. It just, it really takes enormous courage, especially as someone who, who is so much like me. So I know who is driven by the incorrect assumption that you can only be loved if you're perfect. So putting yourself out there like this really shows your growth and how far you've come. And I'm so happy for you. And I'm one of your biggest cheerleaders now. So we are, we are forever bonded through this book. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. So welcome. So sweet. Thank you so much. Oh, I mean that. I mean that so sincerely and liking myself back an influencer's journey from self-doubt to self-acceptance is out June 7th. You must pick up a copy. Thank you for being here today. And right as we were saying thank you, my internet completely blitzed out. So thank you, universe, for allowing us to get through the conversation, at least. She did say a very heartfelt return thank you, by the way, and was truly one of the kindest, most authentic guests I've ever had. JC, you have a friend and a fan for life in me. All right, friends, stay tuned for what's next. You won't want to miss it.